Welcome to the Life Right Here, Inner Medicine Tools for Present Moment Living. I'm your host, Emma Waters, yoga teacher, educator, and inner medicine coach. We'll explore all things yoga, Ayurveda, and contemplative practice to give you practical tools and insight to reduce overwhelm, soothe the nervous system, and remind you of who you are at your core, right here in this moment. The Life Right Here is your weekly prescription of peace, presence, and power. Let's tune in. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 55 of the Life Right Here podcast. Today's episode comes to you from northern New South Wales, as usual, (laughs) but after a lovely four days of my parents visiting. And as many of you who listen to the podcast know, my dad was very unwell in 2023 with shingles and associated neuropathic pain. So it's just so wonderful to see him back in full swing, getting in the ocean, cracking his usual jokes, (laughs) just the best. And my mum is so supportive of me. She comes to my yoga class whenever she visits. So she was there Saturday morning and I just love having them here. Well, they left early this morning and we are headed to Japan this Friday to Nazawa Onsen in Nagano to go snowboarding as well as to Tokyo and Kyoto. And before we fly out Friday, I have a heap of things to do. I want to get an extra podcast done today so that I can schedule that to be sent out while we're away. And I want to record some asana practices to send out to my email list before I go to so that everyone can practice while I'm away. So if you're not on my email list, but would like to receive those yoga practices, just DM me on Instagram at Amala Yoga Shala with your email address or visit my website, amalayoga.com.au and get on my list. (laughs) Anyway, I went down to the beach to walk the dogs this morning who were a little bit neglected in the walking department while mum and dad were here. Uh, And there was just this appealing little wave down here at New Brighton where I live and the wind was offshore. There was about three people out there. And I almost said, I've got way too much to do this week. But then I just checked myself (laughs) and said, Emma, get out there. And I tell you what, I'm so glad I did. One wave I got out there was just a ripper. (laughs) I got it all the way in. It was just so fun. The best wave I've caught in ages, actually. And it only takes one great wave. Not even that, actually. Just good to get in the sea and move my body. And the weather is just picture perfect here today. Hot, but very clear. So anyway, as I sat in the surf, I began to just run some ideas around in my head as to the topic of today's podcast. And I settled on this episode explaining and reflecting on the three gunas or qualities of nature that are the basis of the teachings of Ayurveda and yoga. And I'm sure I've mentioned the gunas in other episodes briefly, but today's are focused on just them and how we can use these concepts as a bit of a guide to bring balance to our life. 
these are at the forefront of my mind right now because I'm preparing my for my third module of yoga therapy study coming up in April. And one of our pre-reading tasks is to read chapter 14 of the Bhagavad Gita. The Bhagavad Gita is an ancient text which illustrates through story a yogic path of transformation. The Bhagavad Gita is part of a larger story called the Mahabharata. And through the stories in these texts, we can consider yoga's teachings. So I've been reading chapter 14 over the weekend at various intervals, and it's all about the gunas. And just reconsidering my own understanding of them and how they play out and are impacting my own life right now. These teachings for me are foundational and actually in their essence quite simple, I feel. But they've been an incredible guide for me in terms of bringing balance to my week or month or year. So let's start with what the gunas are. The teachings of yoga and Ayurveda hold that primal nature, Prakriti, holds in herself all the forms of creation which manifest through her three gunas. So the gunas are qualities of nature classified under these three terms of sattva, rajas and tamas. These are three forces in nature of which we are a part. Sattva is the quality of light, purity and love and is the neutral or balancing force. It's said a sattvic person hears goodness and purity in all things and sees it reflected in all things. So the quality is sattva and we describe someone or something as sattvic. And you might hear it pronounced Satvik. It's spelt with an English V often in English letters. And people differ in their pronunciation. I like Satvik. More of a what sound. Rajas is the active, stimulating or positive force that initiates change in us and on the earth. David Frawley describes it as the quality of passion or agitation. Rajas is the intermediate force between tamas and sattva. Rajas gives rise to emotional fluctuations or things like attraction and repulsion, fear and desire, love and hate. It can also give rise to attachment to the outcomes of our actions and keep us involved outwardly, often in a restless way. A rajasic person is attached to activity and in the extreme is selfishly motivated, perhaps always asking, what's in it for me? So the quality is rajas and we describe someone or something as rajasic. 
And then tamas is the quality of darkness, ignorance, listlessness is another word often used to describe tamas. It's a lower or material force. Sattva being a more uplifting or spiritual force. Tamas drags us down into attachment and delusion. It causes dullness, inertia, heaviness, stagnation. So drunkenness or drug addiction is tamasic. And if we are tamasic in general, we neglect our duties and are very passive in our lives. We don't take responsibility for how our life is and we definitely have not got hold of the reins, so to speak. We feel stuck. So the quality is tamas and we describe someone or something as tamasic. These three qualities, three gunas, are always dynamically interacting in human beings and in our environment. They're intertwined, affecting each other in various ways. We rarely see pure rajas, pure tamas, or pure sattva. And the challenge is in the interplay of these three and the constant change. If we look at modern mainstream society, its nature is predominantly, could you guess it, out of these three, rajasic, active, changeable. Just look at the pace of change these past five years and all the things we've had to deal with and adapt to, and it's not letting up. With rajas, there is a desire for sense gratification. This is a term by David Frawley. I see this in the nature of smartphone usage and the amount of people who are addicted to just really mindless scrolling. That's part of this search for sense gratification. And the senses become agitated, which leads to a restless body and restless mind. And then all the associated mental health complications that come along with that. So yoga and Ayurveda emphasize the development of sattva. In yoga, sattva is the higher quality that allows spiritual growth to occur. In Ayurveda, sattva is the state of balance that makes healing happen. I'm keeping it very simple today because there are many subtypes almost. I don't know if that's the right word, but within these qualities, there's mixtures. So, for example, there's rajasic sattva, tamasic sattva, sattvic rajas, tamasic rajas, etc. Although I'm not going into today. I just want to introduce these three terms and speak a little to how we might cultivate sattva guna in our lives with a bit of rajas thrown in to keep us gently moving forward. <laughs> and then I'll encourage you to start to notice these qualities within people, books, movies, songs, or music in general, food, drinks, and how that impacts you. And rajasic sattva is perhaps what we aspire to, a place of peace and clarity but where we continue to grow and unfold, a place of healing that brings about integration and wholeness. 
David Frawley is one of my favourite Ayurveda teachers, but he explains that the development of sattva comes through right diet, physical purification, control of the senses, control of the mind, mantra and devotion. And then we can look to even transcending sattva with the higher meditation practices, but my focus is to use these ancient teachings to bring people into a peaceful state in their own life, the life right here, rather than looking to transcend it, to be in their life, to be present for the beauty and the tragedy of a human life, to open their heart to it and continue to thrive, to live with equanimity no matter what's going on around us. So cultivating sattva to balance a rajasic world (laughs) and probably lifestyle, personal lifestyle, is the starting point. And so five tips for cultivating sattva right here. The first one, and I'm using David Frawley's guide here, diet. I would simply start by noticing the after effect of the foods you eat and drinks you consume. Coffee and alcohol are going to be great places to start if you drink these. Coffee is super rejusic. And I know for me that if I drink it more than a few times a week, I get anxiety and stuck in just doing (laughs) this rejusic, restless activity, which has big consequences for me as a highly sensitive person. Alcohol ultimately is tamasic. It brings dullness, lethargy, stifles our ability to discriminate and make good choices and I feel really covers over what needs to be addressed in our lives. Maybe we could call that delusion. It brings delusion or denial perhaps. It feels like a strong word, delusion. I don't drink alcohol even as a young adult. I maybe had a handful of times where I drank and just decided at an early age, it was not for me. And it was hard to go out to parties and things and not drink when everyone else was, particularly when you're young. There was a lot of peer pressure. But after a while, people knew I was not a drinker and they just left me alone. <laughs> they just accepted it. <laughs> well, I just wanted to get up for an early surf anyway and not feel terrible. So there are two things to consider, but also a focus just on nourishing, nutrient-filled And in the yoga tradition, vegetarian, whole foods would be a focus here to develop sattva. Physical purification was another suggestion, and I find this an interesting one. I have mixed feelings about the use of this word in modern culture because I see an obsession with things like clean eating and detoxing, and they're just new ways of perpetuating a diet culture that harms mostly women and I want nothing to do with that. So I'm going to just give you a question here to consider. What habits or practices bring you a sense of clarity or energy? Asana practice perhaps, pranayama, other cleansing practices of yoga and Ayurveda like Jalaneti might be appropriate. This is the cleansing of the nasal passages certain times of year, or if you have a, a kappa dosha is your predominant dosha. But I think you know for yourself what physical practices make you feel clear, light, 
and full of energy. Number three, just start to consider what your senses <laughs> are taking in every day. Generally, our senses are overloaded. You might just note for a day how often you reach for your phone. My dog barking there. <laughs> Read a news article or a social media post or, or even just on a screen. Taking time out for your senses to rest, a quiet walk on the beach or in nature, sitting under a tree in your backyard, or listening to peaceful music as you do some daily tasks. Different types of music have a different impact on our system. These are simple things, but important and necessary to help you switch off or wind down. Previous episodes that might support you with this are episode 34, The Medicine of Silence, and episode 26, The Art of Pratyahara. This is withdrawal of the senses. They'll give you more guidance and reflection on this. And my guided practice in episode 25, The Tranquil Posture, might also be of help in terms of resting the senses to balance an overstimulating daily life. Number four, the mind. The mind follows the senses and the body. And when we make time for physical stillness, our energy can settle. And the mind follows our energy body. They're linked. For an overactive mind, you might try a daily pranayama practice because sometimes just sitting still in meditation is excruciating. <laughs> Pranayama or the breathing practices give your mind something to focus on. It's been life-changing for me. For episode 8 of the Life Right Here is a guided practice of Brahmari Pranayama, the humming breath, the honeybee breath. And stay tuned for next episode as I add another Pranayama practice for you here. And the final recommendation is around mantra and devotion. For cultivating sattva guna in your body, your mind, this transfers to your daily life. And I imagine this one is one that's not particularly prevalent in many people's day-to-day -day life. The mantra part, I mean particularly. People generally love coming to my yoga class for the mantra. But even the other day, I had a student text me and say, it's not going to be too chanty, is it? I just want to move my body. And I laughed. And I wrote back, well, <laughs> two chanty is very subjective. Because my two chanty is very different to other people's idea of two chanty. Chanty in terms of chanting a mantra. And I completely understand the desire to move our body over stillness. But I did encourage this student to open to the parts of class that are more still those parts where we chant, even when they're difficult or torturous. <laughs> I know what that feels like as an inherently rajasic person. But the mantra brings such medicine. It could be such medicine for you and to a whole population of people addicted to doing and striving. And so 
I have a couple of episodes to recommend to you to support you in starting a mantra practice. And it could be as simple as listening initially, just listening, or having it on in the background. And you could even search on Spotify. There's many OM chants. But if you'd like to practice yourself, you might try episode five, the guided practice of the Bija Mantra Hrim. And also episode 11, the mantra Soham. You might even just sit and listen to it before bed or put it on as you get up in the morning. And that will start to open your heart to this practice. And your system will benefit just by listening. And so finally, you might reflect on how you would classify yourself right now in your life. Generally, one guna predominates in our nature. However, we all have spiritual or sattvic moments, rajasic or disturbed frenetic periods and tamasic or dull times. And we also have sattvic, rajasic or tamasic phases of life, which may last for months or even years. And remember, a highly sattvic Nature is rare. This isn't about being perfectly calm and steady and equanimous (laughs) all of the time. People of a highly sattvic nature are generally saints or sages. I definitely have a rajasic nature, but through my yoga practice and awareness of these gunas, I have over time become more sattvic for sure, more settled and aware. I've also had periods of depression in my earlier adult life where I was tamasic and felt like I couldn't even get out of bed. So in terms of making this relevant and simple to your daily life at the moment, you might just start to notice the impact of your daily activities, your schedule, meals, what you're listening to, watching, taking in through the senses. Is it making you feel calm and peaceful, light, or does it bring a heaviness or a feeling of lethargy? Are you drained by it? Is it tamasic? Or the opposite, does it make you strive too much or compare yourself to others or keep you looking outwards for your approval or happiness? Maybe there's certain things that you're doing that rev you up so much that you're restless or on high alert. This would be rajasic. And the opposite will bring balance to you. Like increases like, And opposites bring balance. This is the simplest teaching of Ayurveda. And so in my own life, I'm considering in the lead up to heading to Tokyo, or as I pronounced before, Tokyo, (laughs) practicing my Japanese. How would you classify Tokyo, do you think? In terms of the gunas, what would it be? Rajasic? For sure. So how can I bring balance to my trip? Because the movement of flying over a long distance at a very fast pace in an aeroplane agitates the body and mind. So I will be very careful to eat foods that calm me. Ideally, no coffee in Tokyo for me. I'll take oil to put on my body to ground me and practice slow, steady asana, pranayama, which brings sattva to the rajasic environment. It cultivates this slower, steadier quality when my outer environment is so rajasic, so much movement, so many people. 
And then when we head to Nazawa in the mountains, surrounded by nature, it will be more sattvic in the environment. Just start to take note of your environment day to day. These simple concepts can be life-changing as they bring awareness to what's going on around us, what we're taking in or being affected by, and how to cultivate the opposite qualities to bring balance. And I've repeated that a few times, I know. I'm deliberately doing that. (laughs) Just a final few other examples to really help you to get a feel for this. This might be different phases of your life. For example, if you're a new mum and not getting much or any sleep, your whole system becomes restless or hypervigilant. Really important to take time for yourself in those circumstances, especially if your baby is crying a lot. You need time for quiet, rest, nourishment of the senses. That might be through soothing music in the background or time in nature. And I know it can feel like you can't take that time or you don't have that time. You almost have to fight for that time. If you're going through a phase where you feel unmotivated, heavy, that could be literally or energetically, depression perhaps, you need rajas, something to stimulate you, cold water, get in it, (laughs) movement, jump in the sea, a stimulating breath like Kapalabhati. This is a forced exhalation through the nose to stir things up. And to finish simply, just there's three questions. Maybe it all boils down to this. Are your senses overloaded? What can you cut out or take a break from to rest your senses and mind from overstimulation? in a rajasic society that we live in? How can you nourish your body, your mind, your heart in simple ways in this season of your life? That's taking into account what's happening in your life now. And what brings a feeling of peace and steadiness to your daily life? Do that. I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas on the three gunas and how they're playing out for you as you start to observe your daily life. You might message me on Instagram at Amala Yogashala or send me an email, amalayogashala at gmail.com, and I'll put links in the episode description to these. And again, if you're not on my mailing list but would like to receive some upcoming private YouTube classes that I'm recording this week, then get on my list. You could use any way to contact me that I've just mentioned uh, to let me know you'd like to do that. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Have a beautiful week and I'll be back soon. Bye.